You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now. Introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son, and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome once again to the Packernet Podcast. I am your host and resident fanalist, as always, Ryan Schlipp. Check us out online, packernet.com. Find me on Twitter, pack underscore data. So it took me a while to come to this conclusion. Um, the fact of the matter is I'm, I'm kind of mentally checked out today. <laughs> Probably shouldn't admit that to everybody, but... Uh, I mean, not only was the game brutal, obviously, but uh, got some bad news yesterday. Um... About my grandfather, he went off to go visit Herb Adderley and uh, Bart Starr and whatnot. So I'm kind of just mentally checked out, and I'm having a hard time getting started. So I've decided today's going to be a short day. Everybody's in a bad mood, anyways. It's not like it's Victory Monday or anything, um, where everybody is all excited to hear great news. But uh, no ads today. It's like I've n- I never skip ads. It's like the first time <laughs> over the last <coughs> oh man week. Now I got a cough. I don't know what's going on. Oh, I do know what's going on. Decided to go for a run for the first time ever. Try to burn off some, uh, I don't know, the stuff in my brain. It didn't work. My knees hurt. I'm coughing. (laughs) And my brain is still messed up. But uh, I'm just going to try to take a a day away from toxic football stuff and just, uh, I don't know, just take a day, you know. But I want to at least get the podcast out because I do have a few thoughts. And um, considering they're not just the same thoughts as everybody else, they're... um, actually very different thoughts. I figured, you know what, let me drop these off real quick. Did want to take a quick second, and I know this is going to take me an hour of editing to actually get through this, but uh, did want to give a quick shout out to Grandpa Ruben, and I'm not just saying it, you know, because he passed away, because I have no problem calling people D-bags that are (laughs) D-bags. There's some some bad people in the world, but uh, my grandparents are the greatest people I've ever met in my life, and I think my... uh, my grandpa's probably the greatest role model that um, somebody could have. And so really there's no excuse <laughs> for, for me being the way that I am. But uh, fortunately I have the rest of my life to try to figure out a way to be half the man that he was. So, you know, I, I get a lot of credit from people that listen about the fact that I get up at 3. Imagine my grandparents who own their own accounting business getting up at 3, going to work, who knows how many hours, 16, 17 hours, whatever. And then on the way home from work after a grueling day, calling us up, asking if they could stop somewhere to pick up food for me and the other grandkid 
and then when they come home, it's as if they had just spent the day at the spa. The happiest people in the world, Grandpa, would beeline over to the piano and play some really loud, crazy music, screaming and goofing around just to try to make us all laugh. I come home from work, and it's like, just stop talking to me for five seconds. I just want to sit down. And I put in a normal eight-hour day that was not super physically or mentally taxing whatsoever. But I'm just very fortunate to not only have known him, but to have been able to live with him for a while. I stayed with my grandparents a few times when things at home weren't great, and it was great to just be able to observe the kind of people that they are. So shout out to Grandpa. And I'm not exactly sure how to transition to football from here, but... (laughs) Um, well, l- let me throw in a couple uh, transitional things, I guess. Um, you know the normal ways to support the podcast. Not going to go too in-depth because I feel guilty dropping that right after the grandpa thing, but any way that you can think of doing it would be great, spreading the word and whatnot. One thing I especially want to encourage you to do would be to check out the YouTube channel, though. Um, I mentioned, I think, yesterday that they allowed me to now do memberships, and there's also super chats where people can donate in live chats and whatever, and I'm, I'm realizing I'm squandering a pretty big opportunity and I think I'm, I'm making it too big in my own head as far as production value, which is hilarious because I literally am in podcast groups where all I do, the only reason I'm in that group is to mock and ridicule people who overproduce podcasts. I'm just pleading with people. You don't have to spend all that money and do all that editing and spend all that time. Like, it doesn't have to be that crazy. Just produce good t- content and people will listen. But yet, with YouTube, I can't get my head around that. Like, just do stuff that people will like, and they'll watch it. No, 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 it's got to be produced and all this stuff. So anyways, I, I want to try to make more of a push, if, if that's interesting to you. It is Packers slash NFL Draft, so I understand if you like one or the other. If you hate the draft and don't want any of that content, it might get kind of annoying. But um, I want to do both, and I don't want to have two competing channels, so it is what it is. Um, and also, I will admit, the draft is clearly the bigger draw. Um, if I get 3,000 views on a... I mean, we'll see. Maybe as we get further along, because the draft content isn't that big right now anyways. But um, I think the biggest Packers video is three, 4,000. The biggest draft videos have been like 24,000 views. So as the season moves on, I'm going to start pivoting more toward the draft. But it is it is interesting stuff. I would encourage you to check that out as well. It's important for your Packers fandom to know what's coming up, and I'll try to make it as entertaining as is humanly possible. And yes, I'm mentioning the memberships because, uh, you know, if you're not already given, I'm not saying, you know, people give on Patreon and Venmo and all this stuff. Like, just just pick one and, you know, you don't have to give everywhere. But if you haven't done anything yet, I'll try to think of something cool over on YouTube for you to to give. I have, I have no idea what it's going to be. I, I have some ideas, but again, it's how much extra work do I want to do. One thing that I really have been doing that I think would be kind of cool, even though it's a little extra work, are blooper videos. I've actually saved a separate folder of all the times I try to say stuff and I sound like an idiot and then I get mad and scream at my computer and then I save that video somewhere. And I feel like that would be kind of a fun little extra for somebody that's a member as a blooper reel. Anyways, let's move on and uh, talk about the game. Here, here's my big hot take for the day. My frustration, the reason we lost this game, is the offense. The offense is the problem with this team. There, I said it. Now, maybe I said it a little bit more clickbaity than I needed to, but let's be very clear about something. We know what this defense is. We know what the struggles with this defense are. I told you what this game would be. This is two really talented offenses going up against two really struggling defenses. The difference is our defense is marginally better than their offense. The Vikings score 28 points. Big frickin' whoop-de-doo. 28 
You're telling me the problem. If, if I showed you 28-22 prior to watching the game, you would agree with me. The only reason you don't agree with me is because you watched Dalvin Cook run unabated. The fact of the matter is, this game in my mind was they score, we score. They score, we score. They score, we score. But our, our, our the, the difference is we need to be able to make some stops. And you know what? The defense did make stops. The offense didn't do anything about it. And the problem is the, the Vikings defense started making stops first. There is no excuse for the fact that they weren't able to throw against the worst secondary in football. There is no excuse. People always say, why aren't they throwing more? Why do they keep running? This is the worst secondary in football. Why aren't they throwing? That's a fantastic question. Why aren't they throwing? Here's another good question. This is one of the worst defensive fronts in football. Why can't they run? It shouldn't matter. It should not matter. They shouldn't have to throw if they don't feel like it. The problem isn't that they're not throwing. The problem is they're running and it's not working. How does this pathetic defensive front stop our running game? We've got this great offensive line. They have a terrible defensive front, but yet there's no running lanes. Interesting. And if they're selling out against the run, great question. Why aren't we throwing? I have a theory because they're not able to. How many times is Rodgers scrambling around and nobody's open? That's pathetic. I mean, we watched, we watched, I talked yesterday about this. They had starters. They shipped all their starters away. Then they get a new crop of guys that are completely inexperienced, and, and most of those guys are decimated, and I think two of them got injured during the game. They're down to nothing left, and we couldn't do anything about it. We couldn't capitalize on it. I, I, again, yeah, the tackling sucked on defense. I get it. Maybe we should fire Petten. Yeah, maybe. 28-22 to 22 is a problem with the offense. The defense did their job. They did come up with stops. What, three, four times? How many times did the Packers score? Zero! Well, I guess once. But, I mean, you, the, the Packers had two drives and two scores, and that was it. They came out in the second half and did nothing. I get that it was bad. I mean, it was, they score, we score, they score, we score. Then they get the ball back and they score. That's no, that's what you expect. I was As soon as they scored at the end of the half, I said, we are probably going to lose this game. Because, I mean, it's just a matter of who scores next. And the fact of the matter is, they score, we score, they score, we score. This either ends in a tie, or they win, or our defense actually does something. The problem is, it wasn't, they went out and scored, and then our offense flatlined. Against a pathetic, horrible, disgusting defense. There's no excuse for that. You're telling me the, the Packers had a hard time bringing down Dalvin Cook. Yeah, that stinks, although he is one of the better running backs in football. Also, how did Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson do? What, the best wide receiver duo in all of football. Adam Thielen had three catches for 27 yards. Justin Jefferson, three for 26. I would be willing to bet this is one of the worst outings they've had all year. So yeah, it's pretty pathetic that all we had to do was stop Dalvin Cook and couldn't. But I don't care. Yeah, I'm tired of it. Yeah, I'm tired of hearing constant. Oh, this is the first time in, in, since 1976 that a, a player's had four touchdowns in a game. Oh, my God. Oh, we've never seen so many yards. in our. Yeah, I know. Breaking records against the Packers defense. Same old song and dance. I don't care. They scored 28 points. You think this is bad? They scored 34 against us last time. They scored 30 against Tennessee. They lost that game. 28 points is not a big deal against this offense. It really just isn't. The Packers had numerous opportunities. The fact of the matter is that the Packers scored on each of their drives. I mean, e even if you take away one or two of them, this is a blowout in the favor of the Packers. We're still going to be talking about, man, this defense is no good. Good thing we won. But, I mean, you know, you still be hearing, well, we're not going anywhere with this defense. But we would have blown them out. 
And really, running the ball wasn't even that bad. I mean, Jamal Williams, 16 carries, 75 yards, 4.7 yards per attempt is not the worst. A.J. Dillon, 4.2 yards per attempt. I think the problem comes in when Robert Tanyan's your top receiver, 5 receptions, 79 yards. I mean, Devontae had more receptions and also three touchdowns, but 53 yards. The, the, the bottom line is, if Devontae isn't getting force-fed 24 hours a day, seven days a week, if we can't just go Devontae, 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 if, we can't, if the defense doesn't just let us do that, we don't know what to do. I mean, I, every week I keep hearing how much better of a team we are when Devontae's not on the field, and as much as that feels ridif- ridiculous, they're just, it's, it's, where's Robert Tanyan? Tanyan. Or, or Jace or Jamal or any of these other guys. Remove Devontae from the equation, and it seems like suddenly they emerge. You force the Packers to look, el- I mean, to game plan elsewhere. The problem is we come into the game apparently saying, let's feature Devontae. And, and wouldn't you know it, the defense kind of expects that. This is not good enough. I mean, even against just an average run-of-the-mill team, this is not good enough. I mean, okay, if we score 22 against the Bears, fine. That's uh, understandable. Against the Vikings? I'm sorry. I expected the defense to struggle. I did not expect the offense to struggle, and they did. That's pathetic. Again, there were two great drives, and then it all just unraveled. And yeah, I, I, I tell you right now, if the refs didn't suck so much, there's still a chance we win, but this should have been a blowout. There was a, jeez, the, the Jair pass interference was not pass interference. The other ridiculous pass interference was clearly not pass interference. There was a face mask on Robert Tunyon at the end of the game. If that gets called, we're like on the 15-yard line with 29 seconds left. I mean, there's there's a billion different times. The holding against Elton Jenkins, one of them at least, I think there were several. One of them was nonsense. The very clear pass interference at the end of the, or, or I don't know when it was. I think that was against Tunyon as well. When the, the guy smacked his arms away. They threw a flag, and then Zimmer goes over and screams at him, and they're like, oh, oh, I'm sorry, Mr. Zimmer, and they pick up the flag because, you know, the refs just love the Packers. I mean, everything, and, and, and uh, the reason I even bother to bring that up is that does matter for a momentum offense. When things are going your way, and the defense is able to basically just cheat and get away with it, yeah, that sucks. Or when you're getting called for phantom penalties that don't exist. And, and by the way, there were several penalties in which the defense did get off the field and the penalties took it away, phantom penalties. I think there were two third-down conversions, so in reality, the defense got off the field probably two more times. There were, there, there was, if it wasn't for bad refs, the Vikings barely get into the 20s, despite how bad the defense looked. I say again, this is an offensive failure. They got to figure it out. There's, it's funny because... Through the entire game, I'm looking at it saying, well, you know what, the Will Fuller thing's kind of stupid because we don't win this game without Will Fuller. This is a defensive failure. By the time the game was over, I'm looking at it and saying, we should have won this game. The defense looked terrible, but it was not, I mean, it was it was within reach. And they, they got the Vikings off the field several times. And our offense could not do anything about it. Not good enough. And I don't want to hear any not, well, you know, they, you know, good defense and Zimmer's this, da, da, da. no, horrific defense. They don't have any players. All of their guys are gone. They're decimated. They have nothing. And if it's as simple as just this this quote-unquote blueprint, which apparently there's a blueprint out there now, if this, even if there's a blueprint with guys this bad, it shouldn't matter because they can't execute it. If it's basically a matter of anybody can run this blueprint and stop the Packers, we're done. And again, not because of our defense, because of our offense. So no, I'm not off the Will Fuller train. We should have won this game. We should be 6-1. and one. I understand. I don't know how far we get with this defense. I get that. I fully understand 
that with this defense and the, the, the problems with this defense, that's going to cause problems. But again, we know about the defense. The offense should have been able to overcome the defensive failing. You know how you get them out of that, that running the ball stuff? You take the lead. You score points. Because again, if the, if the Packers had been scoring points and then the defense gets them off the field and then we score points and we regain the lead, they're not going to keep running the ball all day long. That's when things spiral out of control for them, not for us. But again, their defense got our offense off the field first. That's ridiculous. Now, in terms of putting somewhat of a positive spin on this, not that there's a lot of it, but there's a couple points. Number one, if the offense gets better, Bakhtiari comes back, Lazard comes back, suddenly they can't run this, you know, Aaron Jones comes back, suddenly they can't just shut this down. They can't just take Devontae away and that's good enough. That opens things back up. And again, if that were the case, we would be 6-1 and one right now. And this is a team that, that when their offense is working, is good enough. I don't know if they're good enough to win a Super Bowl. That's not the I'm, not everything is about the Super Bowl. I can't just be Super Bowl or bust or I'm going to be a miserable human being. Every person on planet Earth, including Patriots fans, are going to be miserable if it's Super Bowl or bust every year. Because even Patriots don't win the Super Bowl every year. On top of that, as far as, as looking elsewhere, the Bears lost to the Saints. Um... The Bears are basically the exact same team as the Packers, but in reverse. It's just the uh, the defense looks competent, but the offense can't do anything. Maybe not necessarily in this game. Again, I know I just trashed the offense. But in a general sense, this is a team that needs to figure out an offense to be able to, to actually go anywhere. Um, because when, when the defense fails, as they did, and again, you could almost make the same case about the Bears. Hey, we know what the offense is. The defense should have been able to keep them under 26. If they score 23, we should be winning game. That's the Bears game plan. And again, this isn't saying our offense is worse than our defense or the Bears' you know, defense is worse than their offense. It's about we have a way of winning. We're not going to win with this defense. We're not going to get bailed out by the defense. But if they hold a team to 28 points, we need to win the game. On top of that, stuff like this does in fact happen. The LA Rams are one of the best teams in the NFC. They lost to the Miami Dolphins 28-17. to They lost by 11 points. We lost by 6 the Tennessee Titans, a five and one team, lost to a one and five and one five and one team. A one loss team lost to a one win team. The Tennessee Titans lost to the Bengals twenty to thirty one. So the fact of the matter is stuff like this does happen. It doesn't make it okay, but don't act like this is the you know, only the Packers suck this much. Everyone else is great. No, everybody has this, except maybe the Chiefs. But we're not the Chiefs. And I'm sorry if, if you can't come to grips with the fact that we're not the Chiefs, we're not. When the Chiefs play teams like the Jets, they win 35-9. to That's what the Chiefs do. If the Chiefs, Chiefs lose, they lose by 6, or 5, or 4, or 1. They lose small, they win big. That's why they're the best team in the NFL. It's just the reality. Can we possibly, by some fluke, beat the Chiefs? Of course. It's not impossible. We're not the Chiefs. Only one team gets to be the Chiefs. That means 31 other teams are not. Maybe Pittsburgh, you can say, is the top team. I don't really care. Say whatever you want. We're not in the top echelon. And that sucks. I, I, You know, it does. It sucks. I think if the offense gets back in rhythm, they can be again. But I think at this point, we're depleted to the point where our number one star running back is out. Our number two complimentary wide receiver is out. Our starting left tackle is out. Our superstar left tackle is out. And it's, it's again, it's decent. Devontae still can, can get open on occasion. I mean, we still had two drives where we drove all the way down the field. And beautiful drive. But at some point, the wheels fall off. And it just, it can't be sustained for all that long. If we get our guys back, maybe. So kudos, by the way, to Matt LaFleur. Unfortunately, we lost this game. You would think even with a depleted whatever, we could have won the game. Apparently not. But by 
really being cautious with the players, it gives us a better shot of guys being healthy down the stretch because what we really need is when we get into the playoffs, we need Devontae, we need Aaron Rodgers, we need Aaron Jones, we need David Bakhtiari. We need these guys playing. We need them healthy. And, yeah, if we have Fuller, that would be great. If we don't, whatever. I'm kind of whatever on that, to be completely honest. I, I, I don't think Will Fuller puts us to the point where we're in that tier with the Chiefs. But I don't think there's anything we can do in the draft next year to put us in the tier with the Chiefs. Guys just have to be better, and whether or not they are or not, I don't know. On some level, you can't just be the best team. You just have to beat the best team. So I don't care. I mean, if we get Will Fuller, are we a better team and more likely we beat a team like the Chiefs in the Super Bowl and make it to this? Yeah, of course. Should we spend all the draft capital and all the money for something that doesn't make us the best team in football and still gives us a low chance? Yeah, maybe not. I, I Again, I don't care. I think if we had Will Fuller in this game, we beat the the Vikings, I'll say that. I think our offense doesn't stagnate and we win the game. And again, I'm not saying the defense isn't to blame. The defense was trash. But I expected them to get beat up. And and, and I shouldn't even say trash. Again, Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen did nothing in this game. They at least deserve credit for that. And they did get off the field several times, which again, was all I asked them to do. If, if you would have just laid out, without actually showing me how pathetic some of these drives were, some of the, how terrible some of the tackling was, if we t- remove the context and just show me the scores and say they scored here, they scored here, they scored here, and then they started getting them off the field, is that okay with you? I would probably say, yeah, that's perfect. That's, that's good enough. We should be able to overcome that, and we didn't. Now, in terms of the fire petting thing, that's, that's the number one most heated thing right now. And it did get heated yesterday, and I, I apologize to a couple people. I started getting to the point where I just started snapping at people because the, the, the negativity was getting to a point. Usually, I mean, I booted a longtime follower out of the flick chat. I probably should have just talked to the guy, but I was just in such a bad mood. I was like, I'm just not dealing with stupid right now. I can't handle it. I got people being condescending to me. They're attacking me personally. I got people coming to me saying, hey, this guy's, you know, losing it. Got to kick him out of the group and all this. It's like, I can't, I just can't deal with it. On top of everything that just happened and watching the Packers and having to listen to all the negativity, it's like I just... So I I lost it a little bit yesterday, and I just want to apologize to anybody that I may have been a little extra harsh with. Just glad that we weren't in the same room together, because it would have been even a more bigger apology today. But that's the big thing, and and I know uh, know, Coach Hahn is going to bat especially for Mike Pettin and, and his his main thing is it's not a scheme issue it's an execution issue and I think in, in, to some degree I agree and some degree I disagree and I know that sounds ridiculous because I'm not breaking down the film like he is but let's start with the basics if you're in base personnel which Mike Pettin ran most of this game which is pretty rare for Mike Pettin so clearly he sold out on we're going to stop Dalvin Cook and they couldn't I don't think there's any version of base defense, 4-3-3-4, Mike Pettin, Vic Fangio, any defensive coordinator you want. If you're running base personnel and they come out and run the ball, I don't know how you can blame the defensive coordinator. Maybe I'm wrong, but if they come out heavy and you come out heavy and they win, it's execution 100% of the time. It's hat on a hat. It's either they win or you win. It's not a numbers game at this point. It's just a matter of do your job and we're good. And the fact of the matter is the Vikings did their job and the Packers didn't, right? They executed what they their coach said to do. Our guys didn't. And I think Coach Hahn even took it a step further and said that we actually won in terms of, of execution because there were guys who were who were running free. And if you watch Coach Hahn's video that I posted, he talks about how the, the defense is designed to have a free runner. There should be a linebacker that is unblocked, that his job is just to beeline as quickly as he can to bring the guy down, and he didn't. That's not a Mike Pettin issue. 
And I, 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 uh, I do remember, and I'll say, I, I am a, I'm still a big fan of Kamal Martin. I'd be shocked if he had a good grade. I bet he has a bad grade. He had some real big hits. Obviously, him knifing through three blockers to make a tackle in the backfield was beautiful. There was another play that illustrates the problem with the defense, but also at the same time why I like Kamal Martin. There was one play in particular, I think it was in the second half, he knifed through the offensive line and got to the running back in the backfield. It was beautiful. The problem is, didn't bring him down. And instead of a tackle in the backfield, which we saw, how many times did we see that? There's a guy there, and if he makes a play, it's a loss. Instead, he doesn't, and he is able to get back to the line of scrimmage. Then somebody else misses, and instead of tackling him at the line of scrimmage, he runs for 15 yards because two other guys miss tackles. So on that, at least insofar as that is concerned, I get it. There's a couple other issues, though. I do think that there has to be some level of problem schematically. Let me just pose one issue. And I understand this is this is probably, you know, it's one of those things that's going to happen on occasion. But why in the world is Preston Smith out in coverage so much? How many times do you think Khalil Mack is lined up out wide? How many times have you seen Daniil Hunter out at on, on a linebacker? I understand that maybe Daniil is not a great example. But the point is, one of the benefits of a, let's say, a Zimmer defense, and I, I talked about this before when I said that their down linemen just are down linemen. Their job is to stop the run, get the quarterback. Our guys are so multiversatile, right? Everybody has to do two jobs. Everybody's inside, outside, right? Zadarius plays, uh, you know, inside. He plays defensive end in a 3 4. He plays defensive end in a 4 3. He plays outside linebacker. Preston's, you know, stand up and cover and do all this stuff. And everybody has to do a little bit of everything. And as much as that's great from a versatility standpoint and a creativity standpoint, you never know who's coming and who's going and who's dropping and who's doing this. It puts you in tenuous position where you got guys that just shouldn't be doing stuff. We've got guys that are good at like a thing and they're being asked to do other things that they're just not good at. And again, you know, you think about guys like Rashawn Gary and how he's perfect for a Mike Patton defense because he can he can be a stand-up guy and a hand-in-the-dirt guy and he can even get moved inside and that's what Mike Patton craves. The problem is finding human beings that can do all those things are so unbelievably rare. Finding guys that can do one thing really well, sure. Finding a, a down defensive end that can go after the quarterback, you've got a shot. Finding a stand-up outside linebacker that can go after somebody, you got a shot. Finding an outside linebacker that can cover. Finding an inside linebacker that can play the run or cover. or You know, the, the ors are fine. Find a guy that can do one thing really well, absolutely. Usually everybody has to do at least two. I mean, not I don't think it is usually. It's it's a hundred percent. You got to play the run. You got to play the pass, and everybody has to be involved. But some of these guys are being asked to do just crazy stuff. And again, Preston, I saw Preston in coverage so many times, it just makes me sick. Granted, he's not really good at doing much of anything else, anyways. He can't seem to seal an edge. He can't, you know, whatever. He clearly can't get after the quarterback. None of these guys can. But at the very least, if we're going to say the scheme isn't the problem, which I'm not a hundred percent sold on, um, I think maybe Mike Pettin asks too much for what these guys are capable of doing. Even if that's not the case, what do you do with a defense that can't get the fundamentals right? And the real scary thing here is this is not a it's still not even a personnel issue. What do you do when Jair can't tackle? You kick him off the team? Of course not. Because he's the best cover corner in football right now. So what do you do about that? What do, what do you do about a guy when he's the problem? And I'm not saying necessarily he is. I'm just I'm just posing a, a philosophical question. If he's the reason that, that, you know, he doesn't make a tackle on a screen and the guy goes for a 40-yard touchdown. What do you do? Do you fire your defensive coordinator? Why? What did he do wrong? Nothing. Do you get rid of the, the corner? You can't. You need him for coverage. So you're stuck in this situation where there's nothing you can do to fix this. 
the only thing you can really bring to this, and, and again, you watch the Chicago Bears, you watch the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. I talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We know for a fact that these guys are not in and of themselves elite football players because we've seen an entire careers from these guys, although some of them are, are you know, Dominican Sue still has some talent. Not multiversal. He has talent in one direction and not so much the other. You look at some of these other guys, you know, you got a guy that's a good pass rusher, but he's terrible against the run. You got other guys that are just terrible at everything. But Todd Bowles makes the difference. And it's hard to quantify. What is it? Is it just scheme? Of course it's not, because at the end of the day, scheme also has to be followed by execution. And they execute. Look at the Chicago Bears. I, I mean, I will tell you, the, the, not just the PFF grades, but the stats and all the things that go into it. They've got guys that are really good. They've got guys that are just not good at all. But the whole defense as a unit works together and works really well. And again, this is an argument I got in with, with guys yesterday. Well, if we hadn't wasted a first-round pick on that stupid quarterback, we could have got a defensive tackle. How does that help Preston Smith hold the edge? What is a defensive tackle going to do when they can't tackle on a, on a running back screen and Dalvin Cook goes for 450 yards on, on, a, on a play? What is a defensive tackle going to do? Chase him from behind? What are we going to do, draft another edge rusher to seal the edge? Which edge? What are we going to do about Preston Zedarius and Rashawn? We just get rid of him and start over? What is it this new first-round rookie is going to do that, that Kenny Clark can't seem to figure out? What are we going to do about linebackers that can't tackle? Well, let's get a linebacker. Okay, what about defensive tackles and edge rushers and corners and safeties that aren't playing well? The whole defense has to play together as a unit, and the whole defense was playing poorly. There were individuals like Adrian Amos that, that played with his hair on fire, good for him. But when you got three guys playing well and the rest of the 15 guys on defense just aren't getting it done, it's not going to matter. And yeah, maybe it's not scheme, but there's a serious problem with guys just not showing up. They're not playing with urgency. That's a problem with Matt LaFleur and Mike Pettin. And I've talked about it before. Matt LaFleur is everybody's buddy, and it's great. It did wonderful things for bringing this team together. They, they're great friends. They hang out. They love all that stuff, but they're very casual. They're very chill. It's all good. I love Jamal, man. He loves. He's just out there dancing, and woo, yeah, it's a big old party, man. But when it's game time, the other team's playing pissed off and the Packers go out there and they're just having a good time groove and Aaron Rodgers is smiling and we love seeing Aaron Rodgers smile we really do but the problem is when we're down by 14 points and he's still smiling I'm not happy anymore wipe that smile off your face and figure out how to play football and there's, there's pros and cons to everything. I talked about how, you know, you get these guys who are too, like, you know, smash mouth and too strict. And some players don't put up with that. They don't like it. And then, the you know, the, the, the morale goes away. And then, then guys go on Twitter and they talk about they hate their coach and get me out of here. And that side of things has problems, too. So it's a double-edged sword, and I don't exactly know the solution to this, but I'm telling you, this isn't good enough, and somebody has to walk into that defensive meeting. Matt LaFleur in particular needs to walk in there, talk to Mike Pettin and the players, and say, I'm not putting up with this BS anymore. There was a point at which I'm, I, I remember thinking, I would have gone over to the defensive side of the ball and said, you guys figure this out, or Preston is going to get traded before the fourth quarter ends. Like, I'm not, I'm not screwing around with you guys anymore. I'm sick of it. I'm going to start kicking you guys off this team, trading you before this freaking game is over if you don't make a tackle. You don't care, I don't care. You, you got the Texans over there talking about there's three untouchable guys. We got about three untouchable guys on our defense. Anybody else can go. Kenny can't go. Jair's not going anywhere. Who else do we care about? Sedarius ain't doing jack. Rashawn's not doing jack. Preston isn't doing jack. Kenny's not doing anything. Lancaster, Kamal, Amos, Savage. Sullivan, Jackson. I mean, again, the coverage maybe was fine, but I, I'm just, I'm, I'm serious. 
You don't want to be here? Cool. I'll find a new home for you. Gudikunst would love a pile of picks. We'll just start shipping you guys off. If you're not going to play, we can go out in free agency and find anybody that can do what you do for a fraction of the cost. Somebody's got to walk into a room and start flipping some tables. I don't know who it's going to be. You know, Zadarius is a great leader when, when things are good. Is he going to walk into the room and start calling people out? Because somebody's got to do it. If he's a leader, cool. You can lead when things are good. You've got to lead when things are bad and start telling people, I'm tired of this crap. I'm tired of getting embarrassed. Get fired up. Jair, you know what? Let Jair do it. He's the only one that seems to care on this defense. Let him walk in and, and, and just talk about how disgusted he is, how embarrassed he is. Why is, why, is he, why is he the only guy going out there and doing stuff? It's like when you do a class project. I wouldn't know because I was never this person. But you got a, you got a project and you got a group of five people on your team and you're the only one doing the work and everybody else just mooches off of you. And then you guys go on to get an A while four of the five people did nothing. That's Jair when the defense helps to win a football game. He's the only guy doing jack squat. Nobody else is doing anything. So, you know, again, it is what it is. They're not the best team in football. I've, I've said this from the beginning. This is a team that can beat anybody. This is a team that can lose to anybody. Now, I don't just think the Vikings are anybody because, again, I said this would happen. I said the Vikings have a good offense and the Packers would have a hard time stopping them. This is an offensive failure. They should have put up more than 22 points. That's pathetic. But clearly, offensively and defensively, somebody has to walk into that room and say, do you guys want it or not? I mean, if we're just going to limp into the playoffs and maybe win one and, and just fade out, cool. Just let me know. I mean, Aaron, he, he's got a couple years left to win another Super Bowl. Is he going to walk in and start smacking people around or what? Is he going to say anything? Is he going to do anything? Or is he just going to, you know, go on, uh, go on his little TV shows? I can't think of anybody's name right now. Drink a little whiskey. Just chill, man. Just chill. It's all good. I don't need a Super Bowl, man. It's fine. I've, I've lived a great life. It's all good, man. Is it good or, or, I mean, what do you want? And look, I don't know what's going on behind closed doors. Maybe this is happening. But all I know is right now they've done a, Matt LaFleur did a fantastic job of turning these guys into, turning the locker room positive. It's got to get dark and it's got to get dark fast. We got the 49ers coming up and as as far as I'm concerned, we have zero chance of winning this game against the 49ers. Zero. At this rate, zero. Something has to be said. Something has to change. Of course they can. The defense at their best and the offense at their best. They can beat the 49ers, but it's not even a question at this point. I don't even, I literally don't even want to watch the game at this point. And again, look, if, if, if talk to me as a fan too. Like, Matt needs to go in there and ask him and then just really, just go out to the podium and say, look, just want to let all the Packer fans know they're not really into it. So we just want you to enjoy the games. We're going to lose a bunch. We'll probably get into the playoffs. We'll, we'll lose in the playoffs. But, um, you know, just just enjoy it. Don't get too invested in it. It's just going to hurt your mental health because we're just going to let you down. Just let me know. Because if I don't have to care, then I can spend a lot less time being miserable on Sundays. Should not have lost to the Viking. Should not have gotten gashed that bad on defense. Offense definitely should have put up more than 22 points against the worst defense in football. And I don't want to hear anybody's stupid injuries. This offensive line couldn't block the worst defensive line in all football. What does that have to do with injuries? What does that have to do with Elton Jenkins can't push a guy out of the way that sucks at football? What does that have to do with Corey Lindsley can't do his job? Nobody except Devontae can get open. Cool. So again, I, I, I've got Fuller on the phone right now. I'm going to go into the locker room and I'm going to say, listen, I got him on the phone. Do you guys care or not? If you care, I'll do the deal. If you're not going to show up, forget it. I, if I'm Brian Gutekunst, i probably hang up the phone right there. Like, I'm watching that game, I just hang it up. Look, they don't care. We're not doing this. We'll just keep building. Good thing we got 
um, Jordan Love in the wings because I don't think it's going to happen under Rodgers. I just don't. That's not me saying that right now. I'm just I'm just saying that would be the thought I had if I'm Brian Gutekunst. I'm glad we've got a quarterback in the wings because I don't think we're making a push. What's the point? And again, I, I'm not just being melodramatic. I'm just I'm just saying this level of play means we're not going to be a good team. Of course, they can be better. This is still a team that can beat anybody. But at this point, they don't seem to want to put that foot forward. That 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 foot that was put on the throat of teams. This great offense, best offense in all of football. Even when guys are hurt, we've been guys have been hurt all year. They still put up big points, and now we go up against just a pathetic, horrible defense, and they put up 22 points. That's unacceptable. This this was this was a friggin' bunt. This should have been a walk in the park, man. Even with Dalvin Cook getting 165 yards or whatever he got, we still should have won this game because our corners took away their wide receiver, and we only had to overcome 28 points. Should have been less, thanks to the refs. But 28 points is certainly surmountable. There's no reason we can't get to 30 points against this defense. Pathetic. So, look, it is what it is, man. We're all still Packer fans. If, if they're a good team, if they're a bad team, we just got to shift our focus a bit. I'm, I, you do what you want. I'm going to shift mine. They can win a Super Bowl, but, I, you know, not unless some stuff changes. And um, the onus is on both Matt LaFleur and Mike Patton, not from a schematic standpoint, but from a this team doesn't care and that's your fault standpoint. We keep hearing Mike Patton, or excuse me, Matt LaFleur talk about urgency or whatever. You know, it's just we're not playing with the right amount of energy. That's your fault. Figure it out. He's a great head coach. He's doing great things. And he's a young coach. So maybe there's some some little bit of learning curve to figure out here as well. But but Matt LaFleur 2.0 has to kick in. He's got to take it to the next level. There, there's a new challenge. He's overcome every challenge so far. This is a new challenge where your team is playing flat, and you got to go in and, again, start flipping some tables. And I don't mean that metaphorically. I'm talking about there's a big meeting. You walk in. You smash something. You scream and swear at everybody, and you walk out. We're not coaching nothing today. I'm just here to tell you how much you suck and how disappointed I am. So now I'm going to walk out. You guys go do whatever you want. You want to go to the gym and work out? You want to study some film? Cool. You want to go back and play video games, MVS? I know you're big on video games. You're always playing against guys on, on whatever stupid video game. I know that's what you love to do in your free time. You go ahead and play your video games, bud. Really could have used you against the Vikings today, but that's fine. You go play your video games, four-year-old. If there are any men in here that want to care about this football team, you, you feel free to follow me as we go prepare for the 49ers. Everybody else, you go ahead. You do what you want to do. Have your little dance parties, have your little TV shows, play your video games, whatever it is you want to do. Somebody has to say something along those lines because this is a good football team. All they have to do is do their best. And instead, we're getting their worst. Not good enough, man. Anyways, we're getting to the point where I'm rambling and talking in circles. Um, So I'm just going to leave it at that. It's a bad day. That's all there is to it. So you folks have yourselves a good rest of your day. Talk to you tomorrow. Have a good one. Bye-bye.